With Christmas just around the corner and the spirit of the season evident in so many ways, it's hard to imagine a world without Christmas. But today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah asks you to consider exactly that. What if Christ had never been born? How would that affect your life, your hope? To explore those questions and more in his special message, Why There Must Be Christmas, here's David. Hey friends, let me just tell you this this that we celebrate during these days, this beautiful season, this Christmas season, this just didn't fall into our laps and it just wasn't somebody getting together and say, you know, let's have a winter holiday. No, this is the celebration of the birth of the Son of God. This is the celebration of the incarnation. This is the celebration of God becoming man so that we one day could spend eternity with him. Christmas is the beginning of our Lord's earthly redemption journey, one of the most exciting times of the year. And today we're going to take a moment and begin to explore why Christmas has to happen, why there must be Christmas, why this is not optional, why you can't just say, well, let's don't have Christmas this year. It's a bad year. We had Christmas during COVID. We have Christmas every year because Christmas is the celebration not of uh, bells and whistles and gifts and Santa Claus and all of the rest. All of that may happen at Christmas, but the real celebration is about the coming of Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. We'll get to that message in just a moment, but first, speaking of Christmas, here's a great Christmas resource. When you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of December, and I hope you think about doing that and do it, we want to send you our way of saying thank you, which is a beautiful annual devotional. It's leather enclosed. It's embossed in silver. Um, It's tan and blue leather hand-stitched. And inside are all these beautiful devotionals, 365 of them, one for every day of the year. Every morning when you pick up this beautiful book and turn to the date, there will be a reading that will help you get started. will remind you of your blessing in Christ, give you motivation for the day, help you in your prayer life, Whatever it is, what I found is when I get involved in studying something like this, it's almost like it's unreal how God seems to know what I need every certain day. And sometimes I'll read this lesson and I'll think, man, that's exactly what I needed for today. I can't promise you that'll happen every day, but it will happen on a number of days during the year if you steadily, consistently, faithfully read every day with Jesus. And here's the best part of it all. We want to make this available to you for a gift of any size. Send your gift and ask for the devotional, and we'll send it to you right away. Well, here's part one of Why There Must Be Christmas. During the Christmas season, you kind of look back and you reflect, and one of the things I've often done is give thanks to the Lord for the people that he's put in my life that made a difference. One is a lady who was in the church my father pastored in Toledo, Ohio. She was a school teacher, and she and her husband were good friends of my parents. And for reasons I have never understood, she took a great interest in me. And she wanted to get me interested in the Bible, and one day she gave me a copy of maybe the first paraphrase of the Scripture that I was aware of that I even know today. It was prepared by a man by the name of J.B. Phillips, And it was called the Phillips Paraphrase of the New Testament. I still have it, a little blue book, kind of worn around the edges. And it made the New Testament come alive for me in ways that I could not possibly have imagined. Since then, of course, there have been many paraphrases. 
in my estimation, J.B. Phillips still stands sort of at the top of the list for the New Testament paraphrase. He was more than just a paraphraser of the New Testament. He was a brilliant theologian, an incredible writer, a leader in theological circles. One year in preparation for Christmas, he wrote a Christmas fantasy. And I think if you will stay with me, I'm just going to read these couple of paragraphs from the fantasy. You'll understand why it is so important as we begin Christmas together to know and understand what this is really all about. Here's J.B. Phillips' Christmas fantasy. A senior angel is showing a very young angel around the splendors of the universe. They view the whirling galaxies and the blazing suns, and then they flit across the infinite distances of space until at last they enter one particular galaxy of, well, 500 billion stars. As the two of them draw near to the star which we call our sun and to its circling planets, the senior angel points to a small and rather insignificant sphere turning very slowly on its axis. It looked like a dull, dirty tennis ball to the little angel whose mind was filled with the size and glory of everything he had just seen. I want you to watch that one particularly, said the senior angel, pointing his finger. Well, it looks kind of small and dirty to me, said the little angel. What's special about it? The little angel listened in stunned disbelief as the senior angel told him that this particular small and insignificant planet, not overly clean, was the renowned visited planet. Do you mean, said the little angel, that our great and glorious prince went down in person to this fifth-rate little ball? Why would he do such a thing? Do you mean to tell me, he said, that he stooped so low as to become one of those creeping, crawling creatures on that floating ball? I do, and I don't think he would like you to call them creeping, crawling creatures in that tone of voice. It's very strange, but he loves them. And he went down to visit them, to lift them up, to become like him. The little angel looked blank. Such a thought was almost beyond comprehension. And when you stop to think about it, it is beyond our comprehension as well. Jesus came from his home in heaven, and for a few years he made his home on this earth. We are the visited planet, and we are the visited people. He came to become like us so that we could ultimately go to heaven and become like him. So much depended on his coming. So much would have been lost had he not come. Friends, I hope you know that Christmas is not an option. It's not just another holiday to celebrate. One of the many ways for us to find meaning in this season is to contemplate what the world and what our own personal lives would be like if there were no Christmas. What if Christ had not been born? What would our world be like if no angel had appeared to a Jewish maiden with the news that she was chosen to be the Messiah's mother? What would the world be like if no angels appeared to the shepherds on the hillside outside of Bethlehem, telling them that a Savior was born? What if there were no Bethlehem Inn where the weary couple lodged for the night of the baby's birth? What if there never were any wise men 
What if there never was a miraculous child born to a couple named Joseph and Mary? What if Jesus had never come? When we contemplate the implications of such a terrible thought, we begin to understand Christmas as it was meant to be understood. First of all, if there is no Christmas, this book is worthless. Here are just a few of the prophecies that are in this book concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. That he would be born of a virgin, that he would have his name called Emmanuel, that his birth would take place in Bethlehem, that he would be visited by the Magi and presented with gifts, and that because of his birth, there would be a huge massacre of infants. These are just four or five of the prophecies that are in this book about the coming of Jesus Christ at what we call Christmas. Did you know that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there are 366 prophecies about Jesus Christ? They're about his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his second coming. And there are about 40 or 50 of those prophecies that have to do with Christmas. Men like Isaiah and Micah and Jeremiah prophesied that a child would be born of the nature of the birth of Jesus Christ. They gave intimate details about his birth. And if those things had not come true, this book would have been rendered useless. For how can you believe a book that is only half true if it supports itself to be the inspired word of God? Do you know those prophecies concerning the birth of Jesus were made 700 years before his birth? And you say, well, why would that render the Bible useless? Well, the Bible claims to be inspired. It claims to be authoritative. It claims to be inerrant. Years ago, there were a group of theologians who would write and say things like, well, we believe the Bible is inspired, but not all of it. Some parts of it are inspired and some parts of it are not. And I used to wonder who was inspired to tell us what was inspired and what wasn't inspired, you know? If you only have a partially inspired Bible, there's not a whole lot of help to that because you never know which part is and which part isn't. The Bible claims to be totally inspired from Genesis to Revelation. So if the prophecies concerning Jesus Christ were not fulfilled as the Bible says they would be, the Bible loses its integrity. The fact is that all of them have been faithfully fulfilled to the minutest detail. The odds that just eight of these 50 prophecies concerning the birth of Jesus, that just eight could be fulfilled after a 700-year passage of time, is one chance in 100 million million, or more than the number of all the people who have ever lived on this planet from the beginning of humanity. The odds alone say it would be impossible for anyone to fulfill these Old Testament prophecies. But Jesus pulled it off. He came. He fulfilled every one. You can check it out for yourself. You can go back and read the prophecies from Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, and others. Then you can go and read the history, not even just the biblical history, but the secular history, and you can discover that what they said would happen, happened. And you know, some of the things they talked about, for instance, Bethlehem wasn't even in existence. Some of the things they prophesied were so unlikely because nobody had ever heard of them before. But then Jesus came, and you go back and you read these prophecies, and 
Did you know that that's why the skeptics, they like to late date the Bible? Do you know what that means? They like to say, no, this wasn't prophecy. This was history. They tried to tell you it's prophecy, but it was written after the fact. No intelligent person would ever believe that. So you take that for what it's worth. Without Christmas, the Bible's meaningless. If Jesus didn't come, we don't have a Bible. We just have an interesting book. Number two, if there's no Christmas, then we wouldn't know God. When Jesus became a man, he showed us what God was like. He showed us that God was not merely a principle, a spirit, if you will, but a person. Jesus was not an idea of God. He wasn't a picture of God. But Jesus was God himself in human form. If Jesus had not come to this earth, we could not have a correct understanding of God. We could not know what God is like if he had not sent us his own son to reveal himself to us. One day, Jesus and Philip were having a conversation And Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus wasn't just an idea about God or a person sent here from heaven to tell us about God. Jesus was God in the flesh. When he was born in Bethlehem, he did not begin there. He had existed throughout eternity. But for a short period of time, he deigned to come to this world and this earth and become like us to show us in terms we could understand who God was and what he was like. There was an early church father who told of a village that had a huge statue. It was so big you couldn't see what it really was all about and you didn't know who it was supposed to represent. Finally, someone miniaturized the statue so the people could see the person that it honored. That's what God did in Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas means. Paul tells us that Christ is the self-miniaturization of God. The visible image of the invisible God is the scripture's way of saying it. In Christ, we have God in a comprehensible way. In Christ, we have God's own personal, definite visit to this planet. In Christ, we have God in a body so that we can understand who God is. Matthew says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Say that with me. God with us. I think the Apostle John explains it best when he writes these words in the prologue of the fourth gospel. If you read this passage, you will notice that in your translation of the Bible, the word, word, is capitalized because the word, word, in that text is a reference to Jesus. So I'll just put Jesus' name in there so you will really truly understand what this passage says. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
I want you to zero in on that little phrase in this passage that says, and Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became flesh, God became flesh and dwelt among us. When John uses the word dwelt, he describes Jesus' sojourn on this earth. He uses a word that means to live in a tent. That's what the word means. Or as theologians say, to tabernacle. Jesus tabernacled with us. Eugene Peterson paraphrases the verse this way. I love this. He said, and Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. He came down here to be among us, to be with us, so that we could know who God was. It was early July 2020. Mary Daniel had not seen her husband for 114 days due to coronavirus restrictions at the senior care facility where he lives. Her husband, Steve, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's seven years ago and moved into a care facility in Jacksonville, Florida. She said she had been visiting her husband every night and would get him ready for bed. But with the coronavirus pandemic hit, health facilities restricted visitors to prevent the spread of COVID-19 to vulnerable patients. And the facility closed to visitors on March 11th, the last time she saw Steve as a visitor. Mary worried about her husband. So much time alone was not good for an Alzheimer's patient. And she was desperate to find some way to stay connected. And then out of the blue, the care facility's corporate office called Mary and said, we've got a part-time job available if you would like to take it. She didn't even ask what it was. She was willing to do any job that they offered for the chance to get inside. And what they ended up giving her was a dishwashing position. She washed dishes. This job is allowing Mary to see her husband regularly, and she's so thankful. It's worth it to be able to visit him, and I can already tell the difference in his demeanor after three visits. I'm so grateful. I just wanted to be with him every day. What Mary Daniel did for her husband because of her love for him in a much more profound way, Jesus Christ has done for you and me. He loved us so much, he moved into our sick and dying world. Not just to be close to us, but to rescue us and take us to his home in heaven. Several Thanksgivings ago, I remembered this vividly. One of my favorite presidents, George W. Bush, made a surprise visit to Iraq. While he was there, the president served up turkey dinner to 600 stunned soldiers in a mess hall in Baghdad's airport. Now, you see, the soldiers had gathered for what they thought would be a speech by the chief U.S. administrator, Paul Bremer. Bremer told the troops he would read a Thanksgiving proclamation from the president. And then he paused and noted that it was customary for the most senior official present to read the president's proclamation. And he turned back toward the stage curtain and he said, is there anybody back there who's more senior than I am? And the president himself emerged from behind a curtain as cheering soldiers climbed up on chairs and tables to yell their approval. It's got to be lonely for them, the president said. I thought it was important to send that message that we care for them. The unannounced visit not only brought wild cheers from battle-worn soldiers, but it stunned the nation and even surprised the president's parents who thought he was coming for Thanksgiving dinner in Crawford, Texas and saw him on TV in Iraq. 
I love that story, just for the value of the story. But isn't that a wonderful picture of what happened some 2,000 years ago? The Bible says God had formerly delivered his message time and time again in various ways. That's what Hebrews says. In various ways, God tried to deliver the message of his love for us, and we didn't get it. So in due time, God made a surprise visit to the world, and we call that moment Christmas when the Word became flesh and lived among us. If you know Jesus, you know God. That's why Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You get to the Father through the Son. One of my favorite stories is about Will Graham, who's preached here in the past. He's Billy Graham's grandson. And one day, I was listening to him preach at a conference where we both were, and he said that whenever he goes any place to preach, when his grandfather was still living, he said a lot of people would come to hear him. But he said, I knew they weren't there to hear me. They were hoping that I could help them meet my grandfather. And he said, one day I found an answer from the Scripture, and here it is. He said, I told them that the way to the Father is not through the grandson, but through the son. (laughs) Very clever. (laughs) The way to the Father for all of us is through the son, through Jesus Christ. If you don't have Christmas, this doesn't mean anything. If you don't have Christmas, you really can't understand God. And if you don't have Christmas, you're still in your sin and you're not forgiven. That's a terrible thought. If Christ had not been born, we couldn't be forgiven of our sin. And the Bible says, she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If Jesus had not come into the world, there would be no such thing as the forgiveness of sins. The law was impossible to forgive sin. When the fullness of his time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. One day, John the Baptist saw Jesus walking across the landscape, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Listen to me, men and women. Without Jesus Christ coming to this earth to be one of us, there is no such thing as being forgiven. Do you remember the first time you ever realized that God had fully and completely and totally forgiven you of all your sin? Do you know the joy and blessing of that guilt being lifted from your life? One of the things that people have told me over the years, if I've had the privilege of leading them to Christ, is, you know, Dr. Jeremiah, when I accepted Jesus Christ, it was like somebody lifted a burden off of my shoulders. That's what forgiveness is all about. And if Jesus had not come to this earth and died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for mine, we could not be forgiven. If Christ had not come, the course of humanity would be one long downward trudge toward the eternal night of despair. If Christ had not come, we would still be in our sins. We have some more of that on Monday. We'll take a little time off for the weekend, which at our church is a Christmas weekend, probably yours as well. By the way, I want to tell you about something that's really cool. Every year, for the last two or three years, we have uh, actually put together a channel for Christmas. It's Turning Point's Home for Christmas channel, and you can get to this channel at turningpoint.tv through January the 2nd. 
I haven't got time to tell you everything that's on this channel, but it is so much fun. All the music you wanted, great messages, replaying some of the specials we've done over the years from New York. Oh, friends, you don't want to miss this. Go to turningpoint.tv. There you will find the Christmas channel. And then don't forget to get to church this weekend. Don't forget to watch Turning Point on television. During December, we're replaying some of our specials that we've done at the Beacon Theater in New York. Um, you'll love these. They're, they're great productions and great reminders of the joy we have in Christ. And um, then don't forget, whatever you do, make sure you acquire Every Day with Jesus by sending in a gift to Turning Point during this month. When you send that gift, ask for this beautiful devotional. Most wonderful thing we do all year is make this available to our friends. Do it today, and we'll see you on Monday. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series of special messages for Christmas, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new 365-day devotional for 2022, Every Day with Jesus. It's filled with daily encouragement for 2022, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with helpful notes and articles from decades of study by Dr. Jeremiah. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue our special messages for Christmas on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Introducing Dr. David Jeremiah's new 365-day devotional, Every Day with Jesus. Inside this beautiful leather-soft volume, you'll find 365 daily inspirational readings from Dr. David Jeremiah, paired with selected scripture to challenge and encourage you in your walk with God. Every Day with Jesus is yours this month in appreciation for your gift of any amount in support of this program. And when you give a generous year-end gift of $120 or more, Dr. David Jeremiah will thank you with four copies of Every Day with Jesus, one to keep and three to share with others. Let this daily devotional inspire you in the coming year to live every single day with Jesus, for Jesus, and like Jesus. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca today. That's davidjeremiah.ca. And thanks to a generous giving challenge through the end of the month, all gifts to the ministry are effectively doubled up to $200,000. Back again this year, the Home for Christmas channel from David Jeremiah and Turning Point Ministries. Fill your season with all your favorite holiday traditions, music, carols, laughter, scripture, pageants, inspirational Bible teaching, and more. Start streaming your Christmas favorites and discover new ones completely free. And enjoy the Home for Christmas channel at home, in the car, or anywhere you need a little Christmas. Visit turningpoint.tv to start streaming today. That's turningpoint.tv. Do you know what famous person was the first to say, no pain, no gain? He was from Philadelphia, but he didn't play for the Phillies or the 76ers. His team was the Founding Fathers, and his name was Benjamin Franklin. He actually said, there are no gains without pains. 
But he may have been quoting an ancient Latin proverb that said, what is worthwhile needs to be difficult. You know, the New Testament says something similar about Jesus Christ. It says, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. If Jesus had to swap pain for gain, we should be willing to as well. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's way to benefit from pain on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.